Hi, I'm David. And I'm Claire. And welcome to my... Mate. Mate. Reckons. Loose. The show where we teach you... Hey, each other. About whatever we want to know about. About whatever things we have a deep yearning to inquire. Warning, warning, warning. I think there is very little language and very little sex. Another disappointing week where we don't make <laughs> a sex joke or say fuck but enough. This week is also... D- very interesting. Well, there you go. There's that promise. How can something be interesting without swearing or sex? That's what well, we prove it this week. Hey there, Clever. Hello, David. Now, listen. I, you've unsuspectingly asked me about someone who carries on, who isn't French, but ah. spent a lot of time in France. Carrying on the fine tradition on this podcast. Of you doing an accent. Of me, A, doing an accent, but B, the obsession we seem to have with French people. Oh. And French historical that's figures. That's so true. Um, did you... What is it about French historical figures? I don't know. They had a lot of shit. A lot of stuff's happened in France that I feel like is a gap in a lot of Our people's knowledge. knowledge. It's like we understand in Western society that a lot of shit went down in France, but we don't we know. We don't know what, what it was <laughs> what or what happened. Went. Yeah, okay. This uh, week I wanted to know about... Do you say Marie or Marie? I don't know. To be Marie honest. Curie. It's Polish, so I'm going to say Marie. Yeah. Marie Curie? Curie. And Curie is a French name because she married a Frenchman. Right. Her last maiden name is a long Polish name that I actually don't know how to pronounce. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Uh, put it in our our Instagram post. Sure, sure, sure. All I know... What did you know? Nothing apart from I should know about her. And that she's very clever clever and maybe won a Nobel Indeed she did. She won two. Ugh. So lie down, Mary. Just settle down. down. You've done enough, babe. Okay, so she is incredibly fascinating. And it's that thing again where you go like, why don't we know about her? Well, I was surprised because I mentioned to my wife and person, oh, I'm doing Marie Curie. And she knew everything. Like, I feel like there are certain people, if you chose this person to do a high school assignment on, then they stuck in your head. Right. Um, Or if you studied a bit of history, then she probably would have come up. Um, or if you're interested in physics or chemistry, she defo would have come up. Yeah, so that's every one of those reasons is why she's a gap in my knowledge. So, she wasn't on Dawson's Creek. No. I have no reference for no, her. No, she has no intersection with Star Wars, so for me it's like, yep. what? <laughs> um, so she was, we're in France. We're, no, oh, we're in Poland. We're in Poland to start with. Okay. I will say that if you are interested, there is an... Quite successful, apparently, and very well received um, Amazon Prime series that okay. is dramatized Great. about her life and her experience. Okay, so she was in Poland. Yep. Obviously, very naturally gifted, very smart, grew up in Warsaw. Um, we're talking late 19th century Poland, okay. so 1880s, 1890s. She couldn't go to university at that time yep. because she had boobs. Yeah. So, can't do that. So, she enrolls. In something called a floating university. What is that? The floating university. Well, it's a secret uni where women were allowed to study in Poland. Because no one knew that it was a thing. No one knew it was a thing. It was all hush-hush. So she secretly studied, worked as a tutor and a nanny to kind of um, pay for herself. And then through that, managed to get access to a university in Paris. So she moved to Paris. Which she, where she could attend. Where she could attend. Okay. Because the French were a bit more relaxed about that sort of thing okay. at that particular time. Oh, my God. 
So she studied there. She did physics. De- she did a physics degree and a degree in maths. Oh my god! Right, so very much like us. This is like in the us. early 1900s. This is in the late 1890s. This is in 1890s. Oh my god! Yeah, like you and I. The, I have multiple physics and maths math degrees. degrees. Indeed. Um, she almost fainted several times due to starvation because she didn't have any. She survived on tea and bread while studying physics and mathematics. That was- Sounds like a brief period in your life where that was what you survived on Indeed. And and survive is a strong word. (laughs) I I was certainly not thriving with a physics and mathematics degree. Um, (laughs) While there, she falls into um, what sounds like a beautiful, beautiful relationship with a gentleman called Pierre. All right. Do we love Pierre? I think we love Pierre. We're on Pierre's side a bit. All right, good. Pierre's... Hot. He's a physics guy. He's from France. He's Pierre Curie. He's like, yeah. I love you, Marie. I love you, Marie. You're so smart. So they get hot and heavy at uni. Something other than bread. Yeah, indeed. Um, I was wondering where that sentence was going. Feed you. (laughs) Not not in a sexy way. In an actual like nutritional way. They have a very university hot and heavy romance fling, as you would imagine. It's Marie's intention to go back home because she has a sister in Poland. She has okay. a whole life in Poland. So she says, bye to Pierre. I'm going back home. Wow. So she returns to um, Warsaw. Yeah. She's got the degrees. She is brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. She has the qualifications. She's celebrated. She's got the references. And she cannot find an academic position in her home <sighs> country. So she says goodbye to her entire life like in I Poland. I can't go here. I've got to go work somewhere else. Moves back to Paris and moves in with Pierre and marries Pierre. And that's why she gets the last name Curie because okay, that was the she married gets name. Married. So she marries Pierre. And they have a collaboration. They have a scientific partnership in research. Because he's also a scientist. He's also a scientist. Um, and they start studying and researching together. Wow. Indeed. They start to get the... They notice another academic working in Paris at the time. In 1896, there's another dude called Henry Becker-Cal. <laughs> I think the French would say it, Becker-Cal, uh, in Paris. And Henry Becker-Cal. Henry discovers that uranium yes. spontaneously lets out stuff that he's calling radiation. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> this is not going to end well. You can see this. Don't skip ahead. This is how we got the Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 indeed. So Henry becomes Spider-Man. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the radiation interacts with photographic film in interesting sure. ways. So he's okay. mucking around with photography and with x-rays for the first time okay. ever. Right. Um, and Marie and Pierre start working with him on his research. Yeah. Marie also finds, and this is the kind of breakthrough, she finds um, a, a type of stone called thorium that mm-hmm. also emits radiation and emits it more powerfully. Um, Where does she find it? Just in her research around Paris. I don't know. She's in a cafe and she goes, what's that rock over there? I feel an energy. That's my, that's my Polish princess. I feel an energy. It's like, this is then she's Superman. Yeah, that's, that's what right. That's okay. That's right. Um, and she figures out that the radi- the amount of radiation coming off thorium, yeah. thorium is not affected by um, 
by if it goes through a chemical change or a physical change or if you put stuff in front of it or any it's like what? the radiation is always there so she goes her brilliant idea right that changes science forever yeah. is that that must mean there is something fundamental in the atomic structure that is emitting radiation, a type of energy and a type of force that we don't understand. That we understand. haven't yet researched or looked at. And that at. was revolutionary at the time because science thought you can't go smaller than the atom. Atoms are atoms. Right. So she, through her research, disproves that atoms are indivisible. There is other stuff in atoms. The universe gets even smaller. Right? Oh, my God. So that's her big breakthrough. Um, so... Uh, then she uh, she finds, she with the hubby finds another radioactive type of rock called... Yep. Kryptonite. Kryptonite, <laughs> also known as pitch blend. Um, and sh- they realise that radium, yep. the element that was part of the table of elements at the time, yep. um, going, well, this, this isn't the only thing that can cause radiation. Other substances can cause radiation. And in 1898, so only a couple of years after... They record two new elements into the periodic table. Oh my gosh! The first one is called polonium, yeah, which is named because Marie Murray came from Poland, and she missed home. And so she named it after her home. Uh, she named it after home polonium that releases radium, uh, and, and another one called radium, uh, wow. which is Latin for ray. And they also came up with the term radioactivity. If something has radiation and is made up of any of these elements... Then it's radioactive. Then it's radioactive. Um, so that was them, the Curies for that. And in 18... And so in 1902, things... And they managed to extract a tenth of a gram of pure radium chloride salt from tons of pitch blend. And this is a huge deal at the time that they've managed to distill this incredibly small amount yeah um so that's kind of the main that's what she did bulk of discoveries her research was most indeed and her contribution to science because through her life then um of course there's breakthroughs in which we'll get to in a sec x-rays yes she figures out that radio radiation can shrink tumors and so starts oncology starts of course nuclear weapons yeah. and, and radiation by um, by by weaponizing radiation and all those types of things. So her impact on, not to mention the fundamental, like, breaking the laws of physics at the time, which is that there's shit in atoms. And her research we still benefit from now. Absolutely. So, in 1903, Henry, so the original scientist yes. who they were working Spider-Man. with. Spider-Man. And Pierre, yeah. her husband, are nominated for the Nobel Prize. But she is oh, overlooked. Oh, you. I was going <laughs> to say a naughty word. Pierre, this is one of the reasons why we likes him, take a, takes a stand against it. Good on you, Pierre. Oh, yeah. 1903. He's like, no, my wife is fucking excellent. Yeah. And so he succeeds. She gets added to the list of discovery and they win it, all three of them. And Amazing. she she becomes the first Nobel laureate ever for, Who... uh, in physics. She goes the first, not even just first female, first... Oh, beg your pardon, first female. First female. Yeah, first female Nobel laureate. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So, they're on a roll, they're highly celebrated, People highly... People all over the world know who they are People now. are digging it. Now, that was 1903. Yeah. In 1906, Pierre has an accident oh, on his way home. no. And he falls, he falls and is crushed by a horse-drawn no. cart and dies. No. I know. Many tears for Pierre. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Sad, sad, sad. Um, <laughs> anyway, Marie takes over from her husband at the university and takes on his teaching position, takes on all of his research, making her the first female professor at Sorbonne Uni in Paris. Wow. In yep. So they wouldn't have employed her beforehand. No. But now... She just steps Pierre into it because her, re- her he, she knew all the research and she had all she could teach what he knew anyway. And took it. Right? Wow. Which makes her... So So she's then the first female professor. Yep. So in the space of really 15 years, she's gone from studying in Paris very, very, very poor yep. to being the first Nobel Prize, first female Nobel Prize winner and inheriting at the time a position that women couldn't really couldn't get, get and a wage that women couldn't really get, which was a professor's wage at a very high-profile Paris university. Wow. Um, and this is really, uh, this is like 1902. So the suffragette movement is only really like, uh, women are starting to get the vote yeah. around the world. So this is huge, right? Um, so in 1911. <laughs> so she's solving major world yeah. kind of like scientific breakthroughs, but she still can't vote. Uh, in some cases, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know when fem- women got the vote in um in France, but it would have been interesting. Um, so, in 1911, she won another Nobel Prize in chemistry that was kind of retroactively um, uh, awarding her for discovering the two new elements. Yeah. Um, and that means that this makes her the first and the only Nobel Prize winner to win the prize in two different sciences because she won one for chemistry and one for physics. And no other scientist still has done that. Oh, my God. One across two forms, right? Um, then, of course, World War One strikes and all of this awful shit happens in World War One, and we'll get into World War One in a second. But she gets to a decent age. She dies in 1934. Okay. From a bone marrow disease which today many scientists, and we believe that was caused by her years and years and years of working, working with, with radiation. radiation. She's buried in a lead coffin because her, she's, she's so radioactive. radioactive. And they've kept all her manuscripts and all her notes in a museum in Paris. But in order to look at them or go and touch them, you have to like get in a suit and sign a waiver. Because they're radioactive. Because they are so bloody radioactive, <gasps> right? Wow! I know. Isn't that amazing? 1944, David. Yeah, wow. Was when women got the vote in France. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Isn't that... 19, that is late. Yes. Holy cow. <coughs> and Claire's dying from radiation, radiation <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, isn't that freaking amazing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is what she does in the First World War. Hang on. I'm still hung up on she's buried in a lead coffin. Yeah. Because her body was soaked in radiation from years of working with it. Wow. And they fi- they only figured out well after the fact, and at some point she just... How old was she when she died? Oh, that's a question that I should know that I'll look up now. Um, she was, she was, she was, she was, she was 1934 minus 1867. Stand by, stand by, stand by. Can anybody who's listening beat me to it? 1934... Minus, what did I say? 1867. She was 67. Oh. Impressive. Pretty old. At the time. Um, So, I really like... It's talked less about what she did Mm. in the First World War. Um, So, but pretty freaking amazing. So, she's working in Paris. And there's invasion looming over Paris from Germany. So, 
everything's kind of... So when was her second Nobel? 1911. 1911, and a few years later, we're into the First World War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And reading this stuff now, I will say, reading about... Not that what we're experiencing now in our current history is anything like the horrors of the First World War and Second World War, but the kind of what we've lived through and learning about now history, I do have new eyes on it Mm. of how governments acted and how daily life Mm. would have changed and all that weird shit. So we're going to get invaded, right, in Paris. So the entire French government moves from Paris to Bordeaux, yeah, right, because it thinks it will be safer. And everything in Paris kind of shuts down really quick. In preparation. In preparation because they're that certain that Paris is going to be hit, right? Um, So, and and she's still got this gram of radium in a lead line container uh and she and she moves that because it's precious treasure right she moves that to bordeaux um and she is offered she's got a stipend by the french government and by french university she's she's got a salary and she can stay in bordeaux and be protected and carry on her research and advise but she wants to go back to paris to help to wow. protect and do things. So she had options. One of the very few women... And a widow, yeah. right? She but she wants to contribute. She wants to contribute. Um, so she bought war bonds yeah. um, to try and contribute. And she wanted to donate to the government the gold from her um, medals for the Nobel Prize. Oh, my wanted God. Wanted to melt them down and get, like, to get money to them, right? Um, but they didn't accept that gift. Um, and so she put her scientific knowledge to the French army. Yeah. So, she this was the first time she'd worked in medicine. Yeah. It's prior to this she'd been dealing pre, entirely Purely almost in, in hypothetics and, and chemistry and physics. Um, X-rays had was new technology, mostly pioneered from her yeah. and her husband. Um, they were um, oh they had been discovered by someone else, but they were super large. Yeah. She understood them obviously because of radiation and stuff. Um, and she set out her mission was I'm going to make radiology units mobile so you can take them to the front lines and look at what is wrong with people's bones and cure cure soldiers and know whether we can save them isn't that fucking insane and she succeeded yeah so to begin with so uh she did not even know how to drive at the start of this (laughs) right because women didn't learn how to drive um so she learned how to drive she learned the ins and outs of a car, she learned how to change a tyre and how to clean a carburetor and all the different parts of a car. And then she got her first vehicle and she had the help of the Union of Women of France and the Red yeah. Cross. Um, uh, and the, there's all this kind of history around navigating the government's bureaucracies around sure. this and trying to do it because she was trying to do something rebellious. And they were all worried about other shit, yeah. right? So she was trying to get support and do all this thing. Um so there's this quote, Curie had to set the radiolo- radiological service up by herself without the support of the government. Presumably anti-female bias played a role, if not the only role in the situation. She had to really fight to do this. Um, she managed to equip her first car. The car was converted into a truck. She shrunk the technology down into a portable x-ray machine. In um, her car. Yeah. Uh she produced the x-ray tubes from Crook's tubes, which were, so she found electricity. She did all this shit, and she... What an incredible Curie was able... She ended being. up able to equip 20 vehicles and to train with the help of her 
daughter, Irene, I, in none of my other research did her daughter come up, but there you right. go. 150 female volunteers who were put in charge of operating these mobile So numbers. these Red Cross nurses and volunteers were then put in charge of being able to use these vehicles. Yeah. How many vehicles? Uh, 20 vehicles, and she oh trained, 150, tra- trained 150 volunteers. To yeah. then go down to the front lines and, and sit down. Yeah. do these x-rays. Yeah. She was aware that the high doses of radiation could be dangerous, but there was little she could do to limit exposures on the battlefield. Yep. The risk of x-rays seemed trivial compared to that of combat, so she just figured it out. And Being like it. we're dealing with a broken leg, yep. four broken ribs and a broken yep. shoulder. Wow. There you go. That was Marie Curie. What did you learn, Claire? What an incredible human. Indeed. It's these just amazing. stories like this. I went and saw a movie the other night. Um, a sp- oh, what? Damn it, now I can't remember the name of it. But about um, the female spies in the Second World War. Oh, yes. The British Second World um, War spies. The, and the first two big ones. Virginia Hall, I think is the name of the first one. But there's a film about it. It's very good. And then the first um, British Muslim woman who was a... Oh, what's it called when you are the person who can send the messages, who can do Morse code? That person. That person. She was the first one and then she was, um, yeah, essentially found out by Nazis. Yeah. But what it made me think about, and this story is the same, where you go like, there's so many stories about women and significant historical figures and women who have contributed that just because of the nature of history and the patriarchy, we just don't... No, and, and we we're don't only listen. learning them yeah. really like now. Yeah, because yeah. we're able to have a shitty podcast and yeah. say this is who this fucking person is, is or it? people are willing to back a TV series or back yeah. a film, yeah. knowing that there's interest in these stories. But you go like, and because of the nature and shape of history, we're really only able to completely understand those lives from the last 100, 150 yes. years, let alone the amazing, you know, countless, of course, yeah. um, female That's what citizens and know. lives what from hundreds and hundreds of know? years. Yeah. yeah. What are the stories that haven't been documented That's right. that we have no idea of? And and to know, like, you go, to imagine the world she was living in and how hard she would have had to fight just to do the thing she loves to do. Absolutely. Oh. Well, there you go. I'm glad that was a good topic, Claire. Thank you. Thank you for being my mate. Thank you for being my mate. Thank you to Murray. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to, this please on, do. That would be great. That'd be great. Tell, Tell your you friends. Me. Tell your mates. That's right. That's the name of the show. I see what you did there. Where can people find you, Claire? People can find me on Instagram at Claire and Pearl. Where can people find you, Dave? People can find me at Dave Burton Writer. And if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.